You're listening to This Nazarene Life, stories of young Nazarene clergy and their role models. We put out new episodes most Mondays, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at This Naz Life, or at our website, thisnazlife.com. Today on the podcast, we have Reverend Nicole McConkie, a young senior pastor living in Northern Ireland. She talks to us about her call, life as a senior pastor in Northern Ireland, and her ordination. She's technically part-time, and one thing she mentioned after the interview that I thought was really interesting was, even if her church could afford to bring her on full-time, she wouldn't do it. She'd rather use that money and bring on a second part-time pastor. She would enjoy the team ministry, but mostly continue enjoying her rich work-life balance. I hope you end up liking Nicole as much as I do. Thanks for tuning in. back to the podcast. I'm Britt Bolojack, and I'm here with my guest, Nicole McConkie. Nicole is the senior pastor at Bethany Church of the Nazarene near Belfast, Northern Ireland. Say hello. Hello. Nicole, um, at first I really want to ask you um, about how you ended up in the Church of the Nazarene. Okay. So when I became a Christian, that was about when I was 16 or 17 years old, I didn't have a church to go to. And I wasn't the kind of person I was going to just look around and look for a church. So I just went um, to the Bible study group in our school, high school. And there was a lady there and she said, Nicole, do you speak a little bit of English? And I said, yeah, I do. And she said, I think I have a church for you. And so she told me about this little English speaking church uh, called Open House which was a little Nazarene church in Schaffhausen, where I grew up in Switzerland. That explains my accent, by the way. And so I went and I stayed because everyone was so friendly and it was just great. Um, can you tell us about your call to ministry and how you ended up being the senior pastor there at Bethany? Well, I think it's a long story. And I think God was really good and gracious in how he showed me this calling because he did it in little steps, like baby steps. So at first I did a year in France as an au pair. Um, towards the end of my time, I was really looking forward to going back to Switzerland. The pastor there said to me, what if God wanted you to stay in France and be part of the ministry here? And I was scared, shocked, and I thought, oh no, I do not want to ever live outside of Switzerland. I was so looking forward to going back there. But I respected him enough that I thought maybe I should just seek God and uh, seek for an answer. And so at a youth weekend away, I clearly got a call from God into ministry, but I didn't know what that would mean. So I went back home to Switzerland and was trying to see, should I go and study theology? But it didn't seem to be the time. So I did my teacher's training. And years later, when I finally ended up doing my theology studies at European Nazarene College, I was really scared of the preaching class mm. that I had to take. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can't preach. And so after the first sermon, the feedback that I got was, Nicole, if you've never seen yourself as a preacher, maybe you should reconsider it. And so that was another little puzzle piece along the way. 
And then I ended up in Northern Ireland. By then, I was open to living outside of Switzerland. And the call of God to become the pastor at Bethany was surprising. Again, shocking, really scary. It was a Sunday morning. We had been looking for a new pastor after the current pastor was retiring. And we had interviewed someone already, seemed really good. And I thought, oh, he has so much experience, so many good ideas. But it just didn't feel right. And so we were sitting in church one Sunday morning. And I was kind of zooming out. I wasn't really listening to the sermon. So in my mind, I kept going, oh, God, I couldn't do it because I'm too young. I'm not that young, but I'm too young and I'm too inexperienced and I, I just couldn't do it. And next thing, I zoomed back into the sermon that I hadn't been listening to and the pastor was saying, and God says, don't tell me you're too young, you're too inexperienced because I am the God that's calling you. Was the story... So it was kind of scary and I thought, oh my goodness, she must have orchestrated that. The pastor must have orchestrated that to do that. I thought, no, she had no control over my thoughts, that I was going to wander off and all. And at the end, um, she said, I know that someone feels God calling them to something if you would just want to lift your hand. And I wasn't going to respond at all because I'm not the kind of public response type person. And then I feel Colin, my husband, putting his arm around me to kind of encourage me and to kind of lift my hand just a little bit to to make enough of a sign that I recognized that Colin. So I went home, had a few sleepless nights and realized that was really God calling me. And I'm so glad it is. it was so clear because I think otherwise I probably wouldn't have done that. You know? So can you tell us what life is like as uh, the senior pastor of, of the Bethany Church of the Nazarene here in Northern Ireland? Well, I'm not sure that it is very different of being pastor somewhere else, but it is very busy. Uh, we're a small church, so I'm not strictly speaking, a full-time pastor. But there's still all the expectations that a full-time pastor would have as well. It's exciting. Sometimes it's difficult, really challenging. And I think also because we are a smaller church, everyone knows everyone and is connected in some way or another. And there's a lot of history, obviously, Northern Ireland, but also the local church of um, the pastor that was before me was the only pastor the church has ever had. Um, big shoes to fill. A lot of expectations. Yeah, a lot of expectations. But again, it's good to know that it's God who called me. And so we just plod on and try to be faithful and try to find room for creativity, which is really difficult sometimes because you get so caught up in, in life and all the expectations and all the visits um, that you have to do and the sermon preparation and everything, but to find this space to still be able to be creative, I think that has been a bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. but a good challenge too. Uh, we have at least... 
on a four Sunday month, we have eight services. So I'm supposed to do four of those. Um, in the U.S., the culture is uh, very much that the, or it seems like the culture is a lot about the senior pastor doing a lot of the sermon preaching. So can you tell us who would be expected to do the other four sermons and what does that look like? I think from the beginning, because the pastor of this church was never a full-time pastor and has never had to preach all the services, because if you imagine having to do two sermons a Sunday and only being paid part-time it's kind of that is your time filled already. So from the beginning, the church has been used to other people preaching. There is another minister from the area. He's now retired that preaches once a month and everyone's always looking forward to him. He's quite a character. And then the other slots are filled with guest speakers and sometimes students that come and preach or even lay people from within the church. So there's a big flexibility really from the congregation and they really enjoy all this change of of pace and types of people that are coming to speak I guess that's a good thing too so I'm curious what your experience has been like as a woman in ministry um, in the church of the Nazarene or on the district or in your context how does that go for you I think I'm very fortunate that all along the way I've always felt mostly very encouraged. Um, I've had a few women that have been role models. Um, I did an internship in um, Columbus, in Ohio, one time, and the pastor there, Pastor Jane, she took me on and showed me how life as a woman in ministry can be like, what it can be like. And there was another woman pastor there as well it was really nice there was just this balance of women and men in ministry saying that it wasn't always just easy and it wasn't always um very encouraging I've also heard voices um whenever I first applied for my district license I think it was there was one person one woman who said to me oh but I thought you wanted to enjoy your children and I thought to myself, well, can I not be a mother and enjoy my children and still be in ministry? Why should that be a contradiction? But mostly it was very encouraging. And there are quite a number of women in the British Isle North District. So do the women on your district um, get together in any way or have a Facebook group or kind of keep in touch, keep in contact, support one another? Do you have any um, support system that supports you in ministry? That's a good question. Actually, it's very interesting suggestion, even though it could be a good idea. No, we don't at all. We do meet in ours in the zone, Northern Ireland, uh, once a month uh, with the fraternal, we call it. So the ministers get together, but um, there's no distinct support group um, for just the women. Well, it's never all of them. All that can manage to do it or make it a priority in their calendar once a month on a Monday morning we meet together we have a time of fellowship over coffee and tea and whatever other goodies there are then we have um, a time of worship and prayer for each other and for the churches sometimes we have we share together sometimes we have 
a book review. Once in a while, I invite a guest that um, talks about their charity or church group or, or whatever that they're doing. And then we finish with a meal together. And it's really just good to be together, to encourage each other, to pray for each other. That's actually probably the best part of it, to be together in small groups and just very briefly connect and then just pray for each other. What would you say is your favorite part about the ministry that you're doing right now? I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm also a learner. So I think the most exciting part usually is if I really get time to sit down for good sermon preparation and I get to dig into the scriptures and I get to um, read and maybe even listen to podcasts and get some ideas and feel, uh, feel inspired to do those things or to prepare the worship service and and even take the time to not just put the songs together but take my guitar out and and sing and and worship while I prepare for worship so those are probably some of the most exciting parts now at the moment we've just started a new project together with a charity that's based in England called Rock redeeming our communities am i allowed to make a little bit of advertisements here because they're also expanding worldwide at the moment so if you want to look them up go ahead redeeming our communities so they're um we're working together with them because we realize we're just a small church we don't have a lot of resources personnel or anything and their goal is really to bring together like the police and the fire brigades and community services or community groups and they all come together for the one purpose and what we are doing is a rock cafe that's a youth drop-in and so people young people have a safe space to come in and just be and connect with us we play games with them table tennis pool whatever they want they can just hang out and just tonight, so today, we had the police come in. And so those connections that we can make with the community and actually just serve, not have um, an agenda. There's not the goal that we need to bring them all into church and have them there on a Sunday morning. It's just we're there for them and we connect with them and we serve them and want to show them who Christ is, I guess, through our lives. I think that is another really exciting part of ministry at the moment. Um, what's something you like about being a part of the Church of the Nazarene? Oh, now you're getting me started. I think for the last 20 years, is it that long? I think I've really come to love the Church of the Nazarene. And one of the reasons is, even though local churches, we do struggle, and you don't always agree with everything, and people make mistakes, and it's not perfect and sometimes really horrible things can happen too but I've realized that whenever I'm struggling even with the local church there's still the worldwide church and I really so appreciate that about the church of the Nazarene and I've got friends all over the world uh, missionaries that have come my way teachers students and it's just a wonderful feeling to be part of this big family So I know that you got your degree in theology from EUNC. Mm -hmm. 
And um, you're finishing up your master's now from Nazarene Theological College um, in theology as well. And I'm just curious if there's any part of being a senior pastor that you feel like maybe your education didn't quite prepare you for, what kinds of things you've been learning on the fly. Yes, of course, there's a lot of things that you discover on a day-to-day basis that you think, oh, no one ever taught me about this. I think one of the big challenges that I faced when I first started was, what if someone dies? How do I prepare a funeral? How do I go about it like really practically? What are the first steps? How do you go about preparing a funeral service? And... It must be a miracle, but in these one and a half years, no one has died yet. I'm so thankful to God. Other things like visitation. How many times do you visit people? How regularly? How do you go about it? How do you keep track of it? Those little things that all of a sudden a pastor that God retired says to me, oh, I've had a visitation book and I take people off. So I had an overview of how many times I visited them in the year. Those little things that seem to be really small but if you're not aware of them they can become so big what do you do with people who come up after service and they maybe verbally attack you or abuse you how how do you deal with those situations those tough times or how do you make sure that you um, look after yourself well enough and your family how how do you look after your children while being a pastor and how do you make sure you're not end up with burnout there's so many people if they put so much energy into their ministry and then a few years down the line they're totally burnt out as they say so really those kind of things yes we know how to prepare a sermon and we know all the steps that go to it but really the very basic personal things that a part of being a pastor in a day-to-day life. Kind of changing the subject a little bit. I know that you've just been ordained. Was it this this past district recently? Yes, here in the Northern British Isles district. And I'm just curious um, what that process was like. And I know it was a little bit historic. Um, and so if you could just tell us about that, that'd be great. Well, I think I maybe did things a little bit differently than uh, a lot of people because I got my degree first before I ever applied for any license. So I had all my theological training done and dusted and I didn't have any more classes to take while I did the practical side of things. So then it was the usual, you have your local license and then you apply for your district license. And at first I was only accepted as a candidate to the ministry, which seemed... um, quite a shock actually at that stage and then I got my first district license and then we were a number of licenses down the road and I got invited to the interview um, for ordination. So in the end it was almost a little bit of a surprise because I I wasn't hung up about it anymore I thought I know what I'm doing and I know that God called me and so in some respects ordination wasn't that big goal anymore but when it happened it was really special and just to confirmation God has called me and the church confirms their calling and that was really good now you said about historical um I did a little bit of research and asked a lot of people but it turns out I'm the first Swiss woman 
that got ordained in the Church of Nazarene. Congratulations on that. That's really, really cool. Thank you so much for joining me, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Brittany.